You're tuning in to Neurodiversity, a podcast for neurodivergent adults and the people who love them. Please note that this podcast does not substitute medical or professional diagnosis and advice. Hello, hello, lovers and friends. Welcome to the first episode of Neurodiversity. Uh, so this is EP number one. I just wanted to take a few minutes to kind of set the attention, set the tone for the podcast. Um, I'm outside. It's a beautiful day. It's like a smooth 82 degrees in April here in Northeast Ohio. So I'm like taking advantage of that. I'm recording this at the park in my car. Um, hopefully like the audio quality isn't too terrible maybe it'll even be great who knows uh so yeah i'm jasony i'm the host um for those of you who don't know me which i hope are a lot of people (laughs) um i'm a writer i'm a dancer i'm a dance instructor and i'm a psychotherapist uh so i own a private practice called therapy with jasony I will obviously link all the linkable things in the show notes. Um, but I specialize in trauma and I offer minority affirming therapy. And actually, I, actually, I used to work with children. I actually used to specialize in working with children um, for quite a few years in my uh, early career. But I transitioned away from that in 2020 and yeah now now i'm working with adults so racial i'm sorry let me back up so minority affirming therapy um so that that what that means is i you know i i really work with people who are like racial minorities and helping them understand like systemic oppression and minority stress theory or minority stress model, things like that, um, that impacts their quality of life um, that they might not have thought about before. I also work with other types of minorities, like sexual minorities. Um, and, and what that means is like people in uh, the Soji community. So you'll, on this podcast, you'll hear me use the, you'll hear me use the term. Gosh, I gotta slow down. Well, I got ADHD, so. <laughs> well, I will try, I will try. Um, but, Okay, so I like to use the term SOGI, which stands for sexual orientation, gender identity and expression versus LGBTQ. Um, I feel that SOGI is a more inclusive term and it doesn't kind of bundle sexuality and gender into like one package as we know like those are different things like your biological sex your sexuality your gender your gender expression those are they're different they can be different they don't all have to be one so i like the word soji um so sexual minorities includes people who are in the soji population um people who are into e and m ethical non-monogamy so whether that's actually polyamory or just open relationships or like swinging that would all fall under that umbrella of ethical non-monogamy if you're doing it ethically um but that's another digression for another episode 
Um, I also include like uh, those into kink. So that kink is a, a type of sexuality, right? Um, so those who may be into kink and a subset of kink would be BDSM um, and also sex workers. So that's kind of like the package deal under sexual minorities. So I hold space for those people and my practice, uh, non-judgmental like really working with them where they are and towards their goals. So like a client, when they get, they came to me and like they're struggling with something, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, like maybe if you like stopped being ethically non-monogamous, like that'd go away. Well, that's how they identify. So it's like saying to someone like, well, maybe if you stopped being black, like it'd be all right. Like that, no. <laughs> um, so I, I, I respect um, the identities that people hold and hold that safe space for them to heal and grow and thrive is the goal um so a little bit about me and my 30th year of life which just started last year <laughs> um i i learned that i am neurodivergent so i learned on my own neurodivergence and um you know maybe i should go ahead and just explain what neurodivergence even means so there is this uh, this term neurodiversity, which was coined by someone whose name I don't remember in this moment. Uh, but basically, they similar to like biodiversity, the concept of neurodiversity is like, there are various brain types or ways that brains function. And the different ways actually is beneficial to humanity, evolution, um, the advancement of society. Um, so that diversity is a helpful thing. And um, with these different brain types, like everyone is a part of neurodiversity, right? So everyone then, depending on where you look at this language, um, but everyone is then like neurodiverse, right? However, some of us are neurodivergent, which means that we vary from like the social norm or context and like in which the majority of people's brains work. Um, so we're a bit of like air quote outliers in that way. I say air quote because although like, like given the number of people in the world, like just because something is like a minority population, still be a shit ton of people right um so you know we are like the outliers of that um and so it's a colloquial 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 yeah a colloquial term for um what's considered to be like neurodevelopmental disorders in the dsm-5 or the diagnostic statistical statistical manual of mental health diagnosis or disorders or like whatever uh, <laughs> it's like the bible of like diagnosing people you know there's value in it i'm not gonna get into that right now but anyway so when people say they're neurodivergent they mean that they have you know one or multiple of these conditions and then when we refer to neurotypical people then that would be people without those conditions who typically um may process information and, and what we call like the standard way or you know the way that society is modeled is modeled after what is believed to be like the neurotypical brain um and typically some of the biggest differences you can see with like um neurodivergent people and neurotypical people is 
a difference in executive functioning. Um, executive functioning is the whole thing that um, could take up multiple episodes, but in short, executive functioning is kind of like those skills that we use, like our higher level brain, our prefrontal cortex, um, to do things like planning and like organizing and uh, prioritizing uh, things with language, etc., etc. All right. Um, so that's what neurodiversity means. So last year, um, I found out that I am a neurodivergent and I was diagnosed with ADHD. And through that process, I then self-diagnosed as autistic. And yeah, I'm just going to do a whole episode on self-diagnoses and we, we can talk about that a little bit. Um, but for now, just know that, like, I'm self-diagnosed, um, as autistic, and I also, like, just display signs of other, like, neurodivergent conditions, such as dyslexia, dyspraxia, um, like, processing disorders. Um, now, here's the thing. I'm just gonna say this from the get-go. Um, I am, obviously, a, a, an independent licensed uh, social worker that was not obvious but, but uh, obviously like I, I am a diagnostician like I'm someone who is qualified to make these diagnoses how well make some diagnoses um and the the thing is though like even with the that diet with even with that licensure like you can't diagnose yourself legally so like I can't legally give myself a diagnosis of autism though I can like I have the skill set and like their credentials to um, to diagnose it, right? So the issue then is that I I don't have access, so I don't have access to get these uh, these diagnoses and to tease out these diagnoses because the thing with like neurodiverse conditions and um, or neurodivergent conditions, so neurodevelopmental disorders and um like learning disabilities as well is that they can occur by themselves or comorbidly so you know you could have a hodgepodge of these different like neurodiverse conditions you might just have like one or you might have like two but then it looks like this third one is actually this these two in conjunction so like the you know, if it comes down to it at the time where I have, like, the money and the access to, like, tease all this out, and they're like, oh, actually, like, you're not autistic. Like, you have, like, an auditory processing disorder, and you have dyspraxia, blah, 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 blah. Cool. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, I'm certainly not trying to let that motorcycle pass. So noisy. So noisy. That one's actually not that bad. Um... Also, sorry if I sound gross, because I've been sick, but I'm feeling better, and it's a nice day, and I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> uh, but I still can't breathe properly. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not here to, like, uh, like, take someone's identity and, like, shit on it, or, like, make light of it, or anything like that, um, just through my own personal, um, well, I should say, through my, through my professional training, like, that diagnosis makes a lot of sense for me. That diagnosis of autism and also just from living my life and my personal experiences, like, now it's like, oh, shit, like, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense, right? Um, so that's where I'm at right now. 
again, I'll do a whole episode on like self-diagnoses. Um, but some other like neurodiverse conditions or neurodivergent conditions, however you want to say that, um, would be like Tourette's, um, what did I say, dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia. I don't know if I said that right, but maybe. <laughs> um, and there's some other ones. And like honestly, like right now where we are, um, there's a lot of debate and dispute going on in the research about like, you know, what qualifies. So like for instance, like a traumatic brain injury, a TBI, can give a lot of the same sorts of presentations, right? Or similar presentations. However, like do we then say that's a neurodiverse condition or do we say like that's a condition that triggered like similar symptoms? So people were sorting things out um a lot of these things too we don't know exactly where they come from um and also like for things like ADHD and autism like we understand that there's not just one cause um so there there's there's genetic influences there's environmental influences um we gotta look into things like gene expression blah 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 blah. um so there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of work to still be done so I'm just saying what I know based on what I know, right? Um, and where does that leave me? Because, like, I I, uh, I wrote out an outline to try to stay organized and, like, not just ramble because I can get to going. <laughs> um, but I kind of got off track. So, let's see here. Let's see here. Um... So I'll also do like some episodes later on around like diagnostic criteria and like common traits of um, neurodiverse conditions. I'm mostly going to focus on like ADHD and autism and in this podcast, starting more so with autism. Um, However, like there's there's definitely going to be talks about these other conditions as well. Um, They just might not take as much of a focal point. Um, but I will do those diagnostic episodes in the future. But right now, like, this is just really the intention of this podcast. It's really about having a space to um, spread awareness um, around just, like, neurodiversity, um, to to increase representation of Black, female, and adult neurodivergence. Um, and, and it's honestly, like, a space for me. It is a space for me to take all of the the not crazy but the 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 rapid and uh divergent thought processes that I have and like get them out of my head and like into something constructive um so I'm here to share my experience and process my experience and spare my sister like a bunch of nerd talk that she doesn't care about but like if I put this into the world I'll probably find some other nerds who are like hey like I've been thinking about that too and I'm like oh my god right um so (laughs) that's what this is for me um so I'll so like in this podcast like I mean obviously like I said I'm gonna share my experience um just kind of with my life like not knowing um of these these uh conditions that I have um and also just kind of like the process of figuring it out that I realize realizing and getting diagnosed, you know, barriers that I face. But even outside of that, like I'm still like me, right? Like I am just I'm Jasmine. Like I'm a human. I'm a person. And like um, 
neurodivergence is also a part of me and so like they're not necessarily separate so it's not just like this is just about like this this like neurodivergent part of me but I also just kind of want to share like other shit that I love that might have helped me to even process this experience such as like astrology or like personality tests like Myers-Briggs or I don't know just like random research and books and things that I love that may be related to the topic but just like all the tea all the tea on like neurodiverse things that I love and experiences and things I think might help other neurodiverse neurodiverse folk and yeah again like their family and friends and just people who love them um so that is my goal hey hey let's see what else is on this list um going back to like terminology language I feel is so 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 important uh so for neurodivergent you may hear me just say like ND like Nancy Drew ND stands for neurodivergent NT um I don't know I have like a something for NT I don't know like nacho tacos like <laughs> that stands for I feel like you might want to go the other way around like taco nachos that's that's not the point the point is that <laughs> NT stands for neurotypical um okay one thing I want to kind of make clear too um when we talk about conditions like ADHD and ASD well first and foremost like I will typically use the word conditions um in the DSM they do call them disorders and I think that there is a plus and a bonus to both right um or a plus and a minus to both um disordered like I don't necessarily think like having this brain type is like wrong or problematic like we need to get like get rid of it no I think it can be very helpful and provides a lot of value to the world uh at the same time people often with these conditions like in the society that we have we have a lot of struggles we have lots of difficulties because of the way that we're suspected to expected to move um, given our social norms. So that does create disability that, you know, that, that creates a lot of struggle and a lot of difficulty. And so just saying it's a condition, I don't think always acknowledges that. Um, so I just want to know, I just want you to know, even though I call it a condition, like I do see, feel, and experience like the plight, the pain, the anxiety, the tears, and also the joys. Um, so keep that in mind uh another thing about these conditions is that they are neurological neurological meaning that they have to do with the brain and what the way that the brain works all right um so they're not a behavioral uh diagnosis um which was something that was very much we used to think um and, and then that's 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 misinformation false news um so they're not behavioral so like for instance, someone who is who has ADHD and suffers from time blindness and they typically mismanage time, they run in late, they don't finish things in the amount of time that they thought they were going to finish them, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, telling them like, well, if, you, if this was just important to you, if you just valued this, then you wouldn't have this problem. Like you'd be able to get it done on time or you'd be here on time. 
Well, that's not true because it's not a behavioral issue. It's, it's something to do with your brain. It's the way your brain processes time. It's the way that your brain reacts to motivation. It's different than other people. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm annoyed. I get annoyed by that because I, I even have professionals tell me these things and it's just, it's not true. Um, and I think that that's something too, if this is something that impacts you personally, um, impacts you and your, you know, family, your friendships, however, look up information, start to read, like look for credible sources like the CDC, the, what is it, the NIH the NICH or something like that. I gotta look it up. It's it's like it's like the UK's like informative informative resource, <laughs> peer reviewed resource or whatever. Um, but like look for credible sources and start to look at some of these information, some of this information because the reality is a lot of therapists don't know. And I will get into episodes about this. A lot of medical professionals they don't understand ADHD they don't understand autism and they definitely don't understand a lot of the disparities that we see with these conditions so as a whole like these conditions and being research is pretty new um, and the research that has been done over you know especially in the very early stages have been all about white people and specifically white boys and, and so there's so much that we don't see or so many professionals don't know about women um, or about, you know, adults even, um, black people. There's lots of disparities, though that is, the data does say that the gap is shrinking, shrinking there. Um, but, you know, black people would often get diagnosed with oppositional disorders or um, conduct disorders versus, versus neurological conditions. Um, so I just want to keep that in mind. And then lastly, um, well, maybe not lastly, I guess a couple of things. Since I'm not going to get into diagnostic criteria right away, I at least want you to have a framework. So when we talk about ADHD, there's three subsets. You can have a hyperactive type, so just kind of thinking about like, you know, driven by a motor, maybe bouncing off the walls female wise or like a, free, a female presentation free ah, words 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 see <laughs> i struggle with language <laughs> um a female presentation um of hyperactivity also can be more internal than external um, i mean that's probably true of anyone um but we definitely see that in women more um but also and also another so we have hyperactivity, hyperactive, you can be um, inattentive, so that's more, you know, daydreamy, not paying attention. You can be a combined type of both of those. Again, that's a gross oversimplification of like what ADHD is or like the criteria. But those are the subsections, and, and so it has a lot to do with the difficulty of regulating attention. So it's not that people with ADHD, like, have a deficit of attention it's a bit of a misnomer like we can focus or like you know we can pay attention to things like you know eighth grade me was like on myspace for at least a solid 13 hours a day <laughs> like like a solid 13 hours <laughs> like like um so like there is like you, you can focus but regulating that focus and prioritizing where that focus needs to go is extremely difficult um so that's kind of like ADHD in a nutshell. Autism. 
autism is not just little white boys who love trains and don't talk not what that is um but i can understand like why there's so much confusion around it well again one disparities in research lack of proper education in some of these healthcare spaces another digression but anyway there used to be asperger's there was autism and there was asperger's and so autism was considered air quote lower functioning so again that's still a bit of a misnomer but with autism you would typically see language delays and also um there could be um intellectual delays um so you you could see that in autism whereas asperger's when that existed because it's no longer at least in like the united states like the dsm area it's no longer a diagnosis but asperger's they didn't you would not have a language delay so there was no language delay and you you could not have an intelli intelligence intelligence delay an intellectual delay you could not have an intellectual delay so your iq would be normal to above average uh however people with asperger's still have similar struggles or this is very much the same struggles as people with autism which are around social communication and language and also restrictive repetitive behaviors um so those are kind of what we see so like looking at still looking at asperger's like you would have social difficulties again difficulties with language so like tone rate pitch pronunciation speed um all my life i've had difficulties with talking too low and like mumbling or just people don't understand me often like i usually have to repeat myself a lot um and and, and i'm the common denominator like this is like you know years of my life um but i might talk too fast i might talk too slow and then like people think i'm done and then i'm pissed because i'm like i wasn't finished and you cut me off and now i'm mad <laughs> trust me people who know me know <laughs> um but like yeah so difficulties with language um and then not always but you also see like difficulties with like motor balance issues whether that's gross or fine motor um and uh lots of gi issues oftentimes as well so again gross oversimplification um but when i'm talking about myself i would fall more in like that asperger's category i would fall in that asperger's category that doesn't exist anymore it's now all a spectrum of autism spectrum disorder which is asd and i would encourage you to not to even think of it as like a linear continuum you know like a number graph or what do they call those like where you like i don't i don't even know math whatever you know like the little lines and then you plot the numbers on them horizontally it's not like that like i would think of it as like a pie like a pizza pie and like each slice of that pie is like an area that you might struggle with like restrictive repetitive behaviors or like echolalia which we haven't gotten into yet or like balance motor or whatever and then each piece of that pie though like could be eaten to a different amount so like maybe in one area like you have the full slice and like oh you could do that just fine but like in the other area you'll have half a slice in the other area you have like an eighth of a slice and in the other area you've got like a slice and a half somehow <laughs> I don't know um so yeah that's kind of more so that's more so what autism is like um and so 
um, one of a very like uh, famous autistic person and advocate. His name is Stephen. I want to say Sporage, maybe, um, or Porridge. <laughs> I don't know. I struggle with words that rhyme. They confuse me. Um, but like, <gasps> but he um, he coined the term like if you met one autistic person, like you met one autistic person, and that's because the way that it demonstrates can be vastly different the way that it presents though there will be commonalities and so those commonalities typically they are around again difficulties with socialization and language and also restrictive repetitive behaviors um so that's that that's episode numero uno um i really really hope that you enjoy the pod it is a labor of love i've put a lot of thought and time into this and i don't know i'm just like really ready to like step into my into my calling into my journey and like teach all a thing or two that people are different from you and just because you uh think and process in some way doesn't mean that everyone else should think and process in that same way uh, and they can't <laughs> so until next time thanks for tuning in toodles hey so i just wanted to hop on postscript to add um when talking about disparities in research um i really did refer to that in a binary way um so yeah there was a lot of research done on on boys and males and um there is a lot lacking in the female experience there's also even more lacking in the gender non-conforming and trans experience um and so just recognizing that that is an, an experience an identity that um you don't necessarily like grow into but that just that exists um from infancy through you know toddlerhood as a child as an adult as an old person um, in the same way that boys and girls exist through all of the lifespan. All right, peace.